in your opinion, what do you think is probably the toughest region to kill a mature buck? That's definitely the South. I mean, it's just, there's no true funnels. There's no true, you know, woodlots inside corners. There's nothing really to funnel them unless it's kind of man-made. It just, no doubt about it, it's the South. Formed a bunch of my scientific learning while I was in the Southeast, because that's real deer biology there. I mean, you, you know, it's not that, as you know, thousands of acres of corn and soybean fields. You got to dig in, and do some real, real work down there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Southeast Whitetail. This is episode 44, here live with Corey Parker. Corey, what's up, man? Oh, man, just living the dream, getting ready for this weekend. Pretty excited about it. Uh, opening day down here in Georgia, but I'll be heading up to Carolina to try to try to kill one of those, those big deer you've been growing. What's your goal for this weekend? Man, I, you know you know me, I, I like shooting does, but this one's all about trying to kill, trying to put a buck on the ground. Um, my dad's coming up, so uh, really like to get him on a deer if we can. But, uh, you know, ever since I saw that deer back in August during the Deer Steward 2, um, been pretty excited about this weekend, getting up there and trying to get a shot at one of those uh, big wide. I think he was an eight, but it was so early in the uh, morning. Yeah. It, was, it was a wide deer. That's right. I forgot you saw one. Well, I got a really good spot teed up, and there's, you know, a handful of shooter bucks pouring in. Um, so we could put you or your father there. So I who's it gonna be? There. Okay. <laughs> he's never killed a rack buck, man. Um, you know, he's never killed one. I've tried to put him on before. He just doesn't hunt a whole lot. Um, yeah. doesn't have time. But uh, he's pretty he's pretty fired up at the prospect to be able to get a you know, you know, hunting some good ground where he's got a, a better than average opportunity. So. Yeah, if he. I told you this earlier, but if, if people let does walk this weekend, they should – we should have a couple bucks shot uh, at the skin shed, I would think. Yeah. Just let them walk and just sit tight and just wait. So, And, and I have no problem with that. I mean, if someone wants to shoot a doe, that's fine. But, like, this is the this is the week, man, where we yeah, should – Yeah, this is, this is why you do it right here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty excited about. It. When do you when do you say you come up? Friday afternoon. Yeah, Friday morning. And we'll come up. Um. And I guess you know, just get some stuff ready, go out to hunt. I mean, I I I know it's supposed to be like a south a south wind, southwest wind, but it's going to shift out of the west and then northwest a little uh, bit. Sunday morning northwest, but it, it's 
show and everything I was looking at, I look at the Weather Channel, but it's going from, you know, south, southeast, going kind of around the horn until it gets to uh, Sunday morning, northwest. Yeah. That's what I worry about because it's um, I it's gonna be it's gonna be cooler temps, but it's not gonna be too too hot. So um, it was blowing true last weekend. I mean, it was blowing good and steady, which was great. Right. But um, I really think Friday is gonna be a. I'm really looking forward to Friday with that little bit of weather pushing in. Um, it's not super hot, but. You know, it's calling for a chance of, of thunder, but uh, I've had really good luck on those days in October and November over the years, early November, uh, where it's kind of overcast all day. Well, you know what I'm talking about. You kind of get yeah, a little front yeah. pushing in. Um, so, hoping it, hoping it all comes together. Yeah, I'm just um, – yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can get on some box uh, up, up there. I'm going to try to maybe shoot a couple does and – so, Hopefully we get on a more Friday when you're back up there, because otherwise if we kill four or five Thursday afternoon, I'll be cleaning a bunch of deer Thursday night. <laughs> Usually <laughs> kind of how it how it shakes out. So. Yeah, Francis will be up there and Gary. Uh, you'll have some help. Okay. You'll have some help skinning. Um, and there, yeah, man, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I, I and I I got I got something new for this weekend that's uh, sitting on my front porch. Have to try out the new shipment I, mean, I got in from uh from Tethered, courtesy of uh Taylor Chamberlain, the um urban boat urban bowman, I think is his name on Instagram. Huh. He's got the hunt urban, he's got a podcast called um Hang and Hunt. Um Mark Kenyon hunted with him a couple of years ago on that deer country show. He's the guy, he's been a lot of podcasts that hunts like year round around Washington, DC, um, huh. bow hunts. And yeah. he gets, and he gets permission. Cause I, from what I understand, I think their deer herd is just like, it's so out of control up there that, that they can hunt them year round legally. Right. Uh, but anyways, yeah I, a, yeah. I have a really good friend that lived up there and he said they were, I mean, he'd send me pictures of these monster, you know, monster yeah. deer in people's yard and stuff. Well, he, he posts all, all. I mean, Taylor hunts all the time. He's a he's a he's a fun follow because like he'll he'll post like stuff from the stores of him of him hunting like this past weekend. He's like set up and there's just there's this kid just comes flying by on like a little mini dirt bike, <laughs> just like right in front of him. And he, and and he was like, well, I guess I guess this hunt shot. He's done it before. He'll be like you know bow hunting, and then all of a sudden some like landscapers pull up and they have like little leaf blowers or kids playing. Um, I heard remember him one that time. Show, remember that show back in the day? It was on History Channel. I forgot what it was called, but it was like about it followed around like a bunch of like urban hunters up in Connecticut. Um, uh-huh. I mean, it was kind of a goofy show, but they were. Uh, I mean, it was real, but they were. They would be like hunting off people's like back porch, you know, uh-huh. uh, like people like walk outside like like lemonade, like y'all want anything to drink? <laughs> it's like hunting off the dude's porch, like trying to shoot deer. Yeah, something with that. I mean, I, honestly, like I don't see how those guys do it. Just because, like, if I'm bow hunting, I don't, I don't want to be like around our property line unless I really, unless I know the neighbors, and you know, I know I'll, I'll definitely get permission. But like, if I don't know the neighbors, or I, I, I don't want to bow hunt too close in case they run over. Um, I don't see how right. those guys do it 
when they get permission on like little pieces of land go out there. I, yeah. I had a friend of mine. I, uh, he lives like outside of Atlanta. I don't know if I told the story on here or not, but he, uh, of course, outside suburbs of Atlanta has this big monster buck in his yard, just like everybody else does up there. And he ends up, you know, sticking it with an arrow in a course that like goes across the entire subdivision and it falls dead in some lady's yard and she's pissed and she calls the cops and it's like a whole scene. And, you know, technically it's illegal, but it's just a really bad look. You know, you got this yeah. dead deer with an arrow sticking out of it. And, um, I, I've heard stories like that. These like exclusive neighborhoods down here, you know, people bow yeah. hunting, you know, and then winding up, deer wind up dead into the flower garden or something or walking around with an arrow stuck in it. Just, you know, crazy stories like that. I'm not sure how much validity there is to them, but it's definitely a, uh, you hear those stories come out a lot. Yeah. Gotta be a good shot, man. Cause I mean, you get permission, but then you stick something and it runs hundred, 200 yards. Then you have technically have to get permission or at least knock on a door. Because I, because I, I've talked to guys that you and I both know where they stick something locally here, and then it's nighttime. They have a flashlight and they're just walking through people's yards, and they're like having <laughs> dinner inside. And they have the flashlight like <laughs> trailing blood. I mean, I just, but yeah. So he sent me. Uh, Taylor sent me a whole package from uh, Tethered. Uh, oh, awesome. Uh, what um, the saddle, the sticks, the platform. So. I got in one one time a whitetail weekend a couple of years ago, but I just like got in it. Like I didn't go up or down or anything. So I don't know. Well, I'll I'll buy your climbers from you right now. You'll be a saddle guy. I'm gonna try it out for sure. Maybe one I, morning. Um, I don't know. I mean, I definitely will. That's for sure. I've never heard anybody. I mean, all I kind of I kind of laugh a little bit, but all jokes aside, I, I've never heard anybody who hunted out of one and then just be like, I don't like. It. You know, they all yeah. seem to pretty well commit to it. Um, yeah, most people just talk trash about it because I think it's just kind of like talk trash about bow, like crossbow hunters or uh, I don't know what else. You know, talk of trash about people that like bait ducks, stuff like that. You know, it's just kind of, yeah. you know. Well, I mean, that's, that's illegal, but, you know, whatever. Just in city limits. It, oh. It's, is is what I've heard, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring that up, and um, I'm I'm going to try it out. To your point, man, um, I've never had someone that I know use one and say it's like not good. I mean, there's got to be advantages to it for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, especially, especially like, bow hunting, especially yeah. bow hunting. I think rifle hunting, uh, you know, I could I'd have to be kind of be sold on that, but uh, yeah, bow hunting for sure. If I went back to Missouri or someone to bow hunt, I would. I can't imagine I wouldn't want to take a saddle because I had my lone wolf doing that. And I like my lone wolf and all, but I mean, you, you walk a little bit. It's pretty damn big and heavy and it's just bulky, man. So, you know. Yeah, I could see, I could definitely see some advantage to them um, hunting out west, you know, where guys like, if you're like elk hunting, you know. Um, I mean, I like hunting on the ground when I went elk hunting the few times I did, but there were some definite spots where you could kind of, um, it'd be good to be mobile and then be able to get up a tree pretty quick. Uh, yeah, do some, get a little hike. Do some steps there, but you know, we're, we're so spoiled down here. I mean, everywhere is pine trees so you can get on like a summit viper or 
buckshot and just go shoot right up. Yeah. Them. So, um, but like I said, the guys who hunt out of them love them. I think the guy, I think uh, one of the owners or founders or something lives here, right? Outside of Savannah, Richmond Hill. That's what you told me. Yeah, yeah. Great. I think uh, I Godfrey, that. I think. you have and someone else. Yeah. They, but yeah, like they're based, tethered is based. Um, I looked it up not that long ago. It's not based here. It's like Michigan or somewhere. Or it's hmm. somewhere. It's nowhere in the South. Um, hmm. That's where um, uh, Josh Hilliard works now. Tethered. Oh, really? Good. Yeah. So, um, man, this week, it is what, the 18th of October. We're recording this. Um and if you're listening, when it comes out, and we'll put this out tomorrow, being the 19th. And I mean, man, based on based on last year, um, we were up there hunting, had all that success about the 22nd through the 25th, I think. And from all the data we pulled from um, pregnant does in December, it all points to breeding dates of like. I think it was like the 23rd through the 26th kind of at, you know, averaging in there of October. So, I mean, this should be, this weekend should be red hot. I would think. Yeah. I'm uh, looking, looking forward to it. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you get, I've I've been up there a few times, especially early in November, kind of catching the the tail end of it. Um, But yeah, all, all signs are pointed to this week being, being it, especially with the weather being, you know, somewhat cooperating. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm just glad it's not hot. Um, although yeah. it's saying Saturday is gonna be kind of sunny. I hate just sunny days. Out <laughs> there hunting, it just uh, shadows and heats things up. But yeah, man, it. it I've been up the uh, last week. I was, I was up there last weekend, and then it had been two weeks since I've have been up there last. And I, I saw some good activity, but I didn't smell any any estrus yet. Um, and any, I mean, usually I'll smell some somewhere, but I, I, I had a number of bucks just like lingering after those that uh, drop time buck that I don't know if he was either two or three. Um, his body looked like a two year old. The post was on Instagram, looked real sleek, but then a lot of bucks are already cutting weight. I don't see how that could be a two year old based on our area with, with the antler development. Maybe he's, you know, a, a a five-star prospect, but he was lingering for a long time. So after I shot a doe ended up coming in later after he left, I shot her and I got down and I was looking all around where that guy was hanging around because there was another buck before him that did about the exact same thing. They kind of hung around this little area and then went this little patch right in front of me and just kind of standing around waiting. It was, it was weird because I don't know, like usually when you see like bucks on the move this time of year, they're on a scent, you know, like a trail of a doe in heat. Um, these bucks were just hanging around waiting for it. It, it, it was odd. Um, they weren't spooked or anything. So it should be, man, it, 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 um, this is the, this is the time to be in the woods. That's for sure. I mean, we, the first set of does be coming to heat like right now. Yeah. This is one of those weeks where you, you always have a rifle on you. You know, even if you're going out in the middle of the day to go check a camera or something, you always keep one on you. And I think, I think your Southeast Whitetail website, that's y'all's, uh, isn't that buck from this week, a couple of years ago, that one that uh, you wound up killing that afternoon? Yeah, that was, um, that was, that was the 17th. Oh. 
That was yeah, like two o'clock on the seventeenth. Um, yeah, he's just out and about, and I, you know, out and about running around. I think he thought I was a doe. I guess I have no idea why he came up, but I, I I'm assuming maybe he was tailing a doe. Maybe he thought I was it because I was crouching down. But Dad shot a big that that buck that's in the dining room hanging low. Mm-hmm. Big six year old buck. He was shot on the eighteenth. Yeah, is that, is that the one? We, is that the one y'all recovered in the swamp? That muddy buck. Yep. Yeah. I was at the Georgia Southern App State game. We called yeah. me. That was a. I don't know what year that was. When did you kill that buck? That's uh, they put in the South Carolina that magazine that that big wide eight. That was uh, November thirteenth. Okay. Also, also Friday later. the 13th. Yeah, he, he was – I think he was with some with some does that were – I don't know. Maybe those does weren't bred yet or they're coming back and come, coming back and cycle. Um, right. Yeah, he, he was just standing um, – just standing in the woods. Shot him walking in. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. Like, I, I don't want to sit here and tell people, tell people to, like, hunt their way in um, to a stand because – you don't want to do that on public land with a rifle. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's even legal. Um, but in some gas, like hunting our farm, I, I don't want to say that too. But if you know where you are and, and you know your surroundings, absolutely hunt. I mean, I shot one. That was 2015. I shot one and I think 2018 from the ground walking in. Um, in fact, that the bug that I killed this weekend – I know I posted this and I've already said it that I, I I saw him two weeks prior, but what I didn't mention is, you know, I was looking for a tree to climb and I couldn't find one first spot Went the second spot and that second spot I went to, there was a doe um, feeding on some acorns that like I walked up on pretty, pretty, pretty close 50 yards or so. And I, t- I took a free handed shot, missed her shot under her. I hate taking free standing shots. Um, I'm just not good at, it. but anyways, Shot missed, <laughs> shot down the swamp, loud, seven mag, big bang. Um, you know, look for blood, didn't see anything. I knew I missed based on what she did. And so, anyways, I go walking and I just measured it um on Onyx, 162 yards right after I missed her, walking straight down the same road is when I saw that buck. 162 huh. yards away, right after I shot, like minutes later he's just sitting there working a scrape and then i'm kind of looking well i'm kind of looking i'm like because it it was seven o'clock two weeks ago so it was kind of getting dark and i was like by the time i was like wait a minute i think that's a deer he turned sideways and bolted uphill but that that is you know proves proves our point that we that we've been saying for a while man just rifle shots right they just i mean he, he he wasn't faced he wasn't spooked he was just doing his thing yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I was you know, talking about that. I was watching uh, happening. Well, I, I was kind of passively watching it on TV. Uh, that movie, Red Dawn. You remember that movie? <laughs> yeah. Time, timely end up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna get into that, but yeah. Uh, no, I was watching it. And they they shot a deer in that movie, and the guy was gonna shoot it twice. It's like, no, I don't shoot it twice. That's when they know where you're at or something. You only shoot once. They don't know where you're at. Uh, and I just kind of chuckled because that was, uh, you know, we always talk about, you know, deer don't, they don't get phased by it. I mean, you sat up there, uh, yeah. you've, you've watched deer 
and heard shots coming from elsewhere, and they don't even they don't even look up, you know. People are shooting off. There's always someone. It it's like they get off work, you know, like you're in the stand, you're in a good spot, and they get off work, and it's like uh, 30 minutes before dark, and it's just like an AR-15, just yeah, just over and over and over. So yeah, well, I mentioned scrapes. What's your what's your take on scrapes, man? Because I mean, like right now, like on social media. Maybe it's been this way for a while, but I feel like past couple of years, all of a sudden, like this, it's like this week or next week, it's like scrape week. It's been, you know, like what's been, you know, noted on social media, you know, scrape week. Um, which, you know, fine. I, I, I get, understand scrapes, but I, I've never created a scrape. I'm not knocking it, but I understand people, you know, create them to try to create a hub. Um, you know, I was hunting around a scrape last weekend, but that's just because I, I, I saw the deer standing there right. and I figured it came out of the swamp and a bigger probably was bedding down in there. But like, I, I don't normally hunt scrape. I'm not, what's your take on them? I mean, I, you know, I'll monitor them with a, with a, with a trail cam. And it's like, you know, to me, like scrapes kind of like rubs. I know they're completely different, um, but it just kind of means there's bucks in the area. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. I mean, it, you know, they definitely serve a different purpose, but um I mean, it's just, it's just buck sign. I mean, it's sure enough yeah. buck sign, but I, you know, I, my outlook on them as I've kind of learned a little bit more uh, has changed, you know, back when I was, I was younger. Um, I was always told, you know, you find this big scrape and you know, that's a big buck working that one. And then what you really understand is, you know, every buck in an area might come to a scrape. It's not like, yeah, you know, he's not going to walk past the scrape just because it's not his or, you know, they're not territorial in the fact they're not going to run off every buck from the area. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's definitely a positive sign. I mean, if you got, if you got a fresh scrape, you know, um, then there's, there's obviously deer working and, and there's, uh, you know, what does that scrape mean? I mean, is it, uh, it's letting does kind of know what's going on, um, it's kind of a indicator and signpost and you know it's a good thing to be around but i don't i'm not sure about the whole you know territorial thing and all that whatnot but i do put head show cameras over them when i find one. Oh yeah uh, a good one I'll, i'd rather put out i'd rather put out a show camera over that than corn um i'd rather if this time of year if i'm gonna put out corn i'm gonna try to hunt over it and i don't want to touch it i don't want to get around it that much um but I will find a scrape and put it over. No doubt. Cause you're only going to get mostly bucks on that. So. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I agree, man. I mean, like uh, all the data that's been coming out for in the past 20 years has shown that scrapes are hit primarily at night. They're, they're like barely hit during, during, during day, daylight activity. And I don't know. I just feel like if you create one, I, I've never had really any luck, but I just feel like if you if you create one, it's it's like I mean, how could it be better? Than, no, but I I just the one that's already there that they create. You know, Unless you put one like in a field or food plot. I, I think I guess my take on that is, and I'm I'm surely just hypothesizing here, but um, you know, you, you if you ever watch those working like the police dogs or the military dogs. Um, 
how sophisticated their sense of smell is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to imagine that a deer is at least on par with that. Um, and the only way that I mean, I've heard people say like, if you pee in them or whatever, put your scent, you know, like deer can't tell the difference or whatever. <laughs> I think they probably ignore it because they've got about a two week period out of the year to do what they really want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, you know, they're probably using some poor judgment, but uh, I don't think there's any way that a deer doesn't know that that's a human messing with that. It can't, can't differentiate the smell. I just don't see that being possible. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. When I, I agree, when like people pee in, I'm like, there's no way that they don't notice something different. Notice something different. But I, I've never tried to create one around like a field field or food plot and maybe I should because I know people are trying to create like a hub system um that does check because does do check them and does go in there and, and they pee themselves kind of let bucks know but yeah I mean bucks aren't bucks are not territorial and well, what's your thoughts on um makes me think about like a bully box you know you hear people all the time talk about social media um well, I mean, you know, obviously I've, they fight, but you know, you know, like every hunting club ever has, you know, I went ahead and shot this old one because he was pushing all these little ones out. And yeah, pushing all these junk. You know, it's like, how do you know that? I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're wrong, but like, I've never looked it up, but I've never come across research about you know like a past its prime buck as far as past its prime meaning his antler set and then it's older and then it bullies the younger good ones off i, I mean like how do you how would you know that i, <laughs> I don't know but you hear i think it's uh i mean i, I look i don't want to change it i don't i don't want to change anything about the hunting culture I, I, yeah. I like it i like the old timers telling you stuff like that you know how how factually true are they i don't know. Um, you know i i love I thought, hearing it you know I love hearing I thought, the story why I shot this deer. I shot this deer because he was a bully buck. He wasn't the yeah. biggest one, but he's definitely the the boss hog. It's like, okay. I thought about like an old wise tale type thing. Um, I was driving home and, you know, there were some cows, a little cow field, and there were a couple cows up. And I remember as a kid hearing that, like, when the cows are up feeding, the deer are up feeding. And I swear, like, most cow fields, there's always cows feeding. I mean, they're always up. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you go out to a field and you see some cows laying down, some standing up. Like I don't know what that means, but um, I always heard that too, though. But I always, I really always wanted to get a photo of a deer like working a scrape <laughs> with a bunch of cows laying down in the front. Uh, yeah, that's that's just man, that's uh, that's something else. So what? So what's your like? You know, I heard about your goals, but let's like, what's your strategy? That you, what's your strategy this week specifically as far as like killing a bug you're going to go um, out are you going to call you're going to need some scent you're just gonna you know just wing it with some luck are you gonna are you gonna try to try to find some good does kind of food plot what um, do you what do you think about now the reason why i'm saying all this because you know we keep corn out different spots like we've got some kill plots we've got some big fields that kind of feed do more feeding than it does killing as far as a real kind of food source nu nutrition we have corn piles corn piles are a necessity to you know kill does especially when you're getting in a you know a couple dozen you're looking at a couple dozen does for the season i say all that because man like you and i've been talking about this for weeks 
the acorn mass is just crazy this year across the board. Oh. Um, except for except for sawtooth oaks, we don't have a single one. Joe Hamilton said told me that was probably from the hard frost we had in March, but we got this October lull. People people talk about it's not real, but it's you know hunter pressure. We got hunter pressure because you know South Carolina man people hunt hard since September fifteenth as far as does. Ton of people put out corn. They've been shot over. So, what's your uh, thoughts? My, you know, my my plan for this weekend. Uh, not, you know, I've thought about it. Um, really getting kind of food source adjacent, I guess, if you will. Uh, I mean, it's pretty cliche to say I want to hunt the travel corridors, but that's really what it is. I mean, hunting over there. Um, I climbed a couple of years ago uh, over there on the the west side of the property. Um, and, you know, just watching the deer kind of, you know, it was early November and they were chasing, um, you know, and I've had some good luck with a lot of good, uh, a lot of good observation sips, you know, didn't necessarily get a shot on a deer, but just got to see a lot of kind of how they're moving, uh, as I climbed in the pines, you know, um, off the, the food sources, um, Obviously, if you go get around does, that's not a terrible thing. Um, if you can go where they're congregating, but like you've talked about, the pressure is the biggest thing. I mean, if, if, if all things were remaining equal and the property hadn't been hunted at all, yeah. Um, yeah. then yeah, absolutely go sit and stand and, you know, and, and watch six or seven does come out. But I think you're just racing the clock. You're trying to get, um, you know, you're, you're going to give yourself more time uh, in the morning uh especially you know climbing in the pines um having them coming off the food sources and kind of making their way back through that you know four or five year old burned pines um i say four or five year old but you know it burned four or five years ago um they just feel safe in that stuff and then um yeah i'll probably call uh i, I do a lot of rattling sequences i'm a big big believer in that um uh, a lot of grunts and snort wheezes and um, I've, I've only cause I've watched it, you know, I've seen, I, I, I try to do what I've seen deer do, you know, match the hatch. I've never heard one do the, uh, buck roar thing. Um, you know, that was when they, I've heard oh, that. Like a red stag kind of roar. Uh, no, it's like, a, you know, it, I've seen something, some, something being sold called a buck roar. I've never seen that, so I don't do it. Uh, but the grunt snort wheezes, I've seen that. Uh, buck roar. Yeah. Look it up. Um, but uh yeah i'm not a big scent guy um not because i don't believe in it it's just that in my simple mind i got to go out and put that stuff out and if they're smelling it they can smell me and if i'm having to go downwind to go put it out where it's going to cross their path that means i have to actually go physically put it out so i don't really fool with it um but i do call quite a bit um and try to get myself in a situation where if a buck comes in behind me or comes in, you know, I guess downwind of me, um, he's going to have to be out in the open. You know, he's going to have to put himself where, you know, he, he doesn't want to be, where he's going to have to like uh, walk out into a field or something or, um, you know, water source or something where he can't just slip around and, and scent check whatever that, that uh, noise is coming from. 
So that's kind of what I do. Um, but probably more importantly, what do you do? Because, I mean, hell, you, you have a lot more success than I do up there. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that you don't, you don't, you don't ever use scent. I shouldn't say I don't ever. I mean, I just, I kind of struggle with, with how to, how, how to utilize it in a, a great way. Like I said, I mean, I, you know, I've heard people dragging it in, you know, um, well, you, you know, I don't do that. I mean, I could, you could go down there and put it, you know, where it blows across or you're sitting, I just, I would rather where that deer is coming from, never go in there. Uh, you, go in there as little as I can. You don't want to use it how my cousin Francis did for that doe no. hunt. I mean, I probably, I'm probably going to because it's in my truck now. I mean, I still smell that stuff. He rode with me like twice, and it's it was just like regular deer doe pee. I think yeah. of what it was for uh, mid September. Yeah, it was. The funniest I don't know thing. what brand it was, but I highly recommend it. Whatever brand he bought, it was strong. It wasn't estrus, which is like the P. It was so strong, and I, and I, I'm not kidding. Like he, Francis forgot his phone, which is just like when someone forgets their phone, it's just it, it can become annoying because, of course, um, we thought he someone shot. We thought it could have been him, but it turns out it was off the property. So we go looking for him, and then someone else picks him up. Uh, we don't know where he is for a little bit. And I'm like, John, just let me just go go over his tripod just to see if I see something. Cause I cause he he could have gone to like another spot. That's when his truck broke down and you brought him in there. He could have gone to like a different spot. And right. I get this tripod and, and I could smell the pee just all over the tripod. I mean, I, I could <laughs> smell that he was there. It's like, well, yeah, he was definitely here. And then we ended up finding him. I, I think maybe you had picked him up before. Yeah, I'd picked him Did. up. I'd dropped him off. But uh I so, mean it was funny because you know, that part of that story, he got out. And you know, I was kind of giving him a hard time about the dopey anyway. I didn't really know him that well, but we were kind of, you know, warming up, you know, getting to know each other <laughs> or whatever. And I didn't say anything at first, but then finally I was like, you know, I said something to him. And then he's, he was telling me a story about he was sitting in that stand, the LA Corner tripod, and uh, like a small buck like came up and like smelled his bag like underneath yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I bet it did, bro. Like, you know, you, you know. Probably trying to figure out what the why the hell this guy's sitting up in this tree with a bunch yeah. of dope. <laughs> trying to figure it out, but uh, yeah, that's, I mean, a, that's the one thing with scent is like whenever you open it, it's gonna get on your hands and it's gonna get over shit. It, it just doesn't matter how uh, detailed you are about using it. It's just gonna it's just gonna get on you. I, yeah, I've had some luck, just like what you said, like drifting out. Like if it's a crosswind, like if you're Let's say you're looking, you know, 12 o'clock and it's crosswind blowing from, you know, right to left. So it's blowing nine o'clock. I'd go out a little bit in front of me and kind of basically kind of drift it where I want it to go. And yeah, right. when you go to set it up, you know, your, your scent's going to blow, but you know, um, it's only, but the big drawback is. I think you just get away with it a lot more. And I, I mean, I'll, I'm not against trying it, but I think you just get away. Like I said earlier, I think you get away with it because they've got, they're more. Um, they're more preoccupied with yeah the smell and what it's coming from than they are your smell. I don't think I don't think they lose their ability to say like you know there's a human over there or there was at some point. But um, well, that's that's when your uh, ozonics machine comes in handy, Corey. Your creates all that ozone and mask just completely mask your scent. 
hey, they're great sponsors of the Coastal Empire NDA. So, I'm, you know, I fully support Ozonics. I, I, I've never there. used one, and I've got two really close family friends that I trust, and they say it works. So, but I'm not sure saying you still play the win. <laughs> I'm saying it doesn't work, but I, I remember I was talking to someone at the farm. I forget who it was, and we're talking about ozonics, and I came up, and it was like, you know, ozone's bad for you, and it creates ozone, right? Is that what it does? Yeah, I think it creates ozone, yeah. But, like, it's, ozone's bad, right? Like, I, you don't want to be don't around know, like it. I, I have so when I go to when I would go out west to Colorado uh-huh. uh, or Idaho or wherever we go, and obviously you're not able to wash your clothes, you know that much, and you know they're, you're you're wearing them all day every day, and um, it's merino. Most of the stuff I wear is merino, so so it breathes. Um, yeah, I mean it doesn't hold, it doesn't harbor smell like you know, it has a very unique smell to it. But anyway. Um, I would, I have like a little ozone maker that you're supposed to throw in your bag and it, mm-hmm. it does, it does what it says it's going to do. It, it takes, a, you know, the smell that, you know, it neutralizes smell. It does do that. Yeah. But it puts off like a really, while it's manufacturing ozone, I guess, it does smell really weird. And it smells like, <laughs> hey, you're, you're probably not supposed to breathe that. Uh, <laughs> there's a, uh, I've never even. I've never even seen one in person. Like, like how, like how loud does it compare to? Like, is it like a? I, I've never seen an Ozonics. I, I don't know. Oh, I thought you had one from. No, no, we they they donated some that we gave away in raffles and stuff, gotcha. but uh, never turned on. The thing I've got, it's like a little scent crusher or something. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say it's loud. I mean, it's it's about what like a, you know, it's like uh, new tower fans, you know. Mm-hmm. Like they're not box fans. Yeah, like the one in the uh, the one at the house up there. Um, yeah, we got one downstairs. Yeah, it's it's, it's like not, that if you put it on low. Yeah, you know? yeah. Which I so, guess if you had a wind that was like six to eight, about that'd be six miles an hour or more, you probably wouldn't hear it. You know, a couple miles yeah, maybe you wouldn't. I think unless it's like a super dead calm morning, I think you're fine. Yeah, you know. But even then, it's steady. You know, I mean, are they gonna? I don't know if they pick it up or not, but I mean, you'll be hunting 45 feet up in your, in your saddle now. So you can probably get away with Dangling. It. I'm going to be hanging upside down like Spider-Man dropping down <laughs> to shoot a deer with a seven mag. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to, when I was in that one on whitetail weekend, I like, I, you, you know, I kind of angle, you know, you kind of angle out and turn this way and you can kind of roll. It's like, oh. I mean, I, I, I won't be getting high, that's for sure, up there. High. But I, I tell you, the basketball times I've hunted um, this season climbing, I didn't get that high. Like, I, when I killed that buck, I was six feet off the ground. But that's – there's so many – some of those areas over there on that on that track has, has some uh, kind of low – it's not a low canopy, but there's some trees mixed in that right. low canopy. So you really can't get – you can't get to uh, – the, the last thing I'll, th- I'll say about scent – I've I've had a lot of luck with it. You know, you can only use certain types of South Carolina legally. I I, I will, um, I, I will mention that after I mentioned baiting corn, uh, baiting corn for ducks, which is illegal. Yeah, um, highly. Yeah, one's actually federal. Can't do it during the main season. I I think the mini season is actually, it's encouraged, just so they can get some. Hey, that's uh, Mark <laughs> Haslam. Um, he's, yeah, he's encouraging that. Um, about okay, about about scent. I, I 
I can't see I've, I've ever seen a buck. I've never visually seen a buck bump off scent that I put out. Now they might have, if they, I didn't see them, maybe they smelled it way before they came in view. I fully understand that. But does, especially if it's a doe group and that matriarch doe, man, that can really irritate them when they get close to some of that ester scent. Like to the point where they're stomping their, their feet and they come in real tight to you. They come in real right. tight to the scent. And if it's not far, far off, you're just screwed. If it's a doe group, have, have a bunch of eyes, a bunch of eyes looking around. So I kind of developed a theory a while ago, you know, especially when I got, you know, the worst thing I always joke around. So the worst thing that ever happened to me was I, I, I called in a buck when, you know, uh-huh. and because I try to do it every time now, you know, um, rather than just trusting the spot. And so I kind of, I kind of, yeah. repeat that to myself a lot like trust the spot you know if you go do your homework and you're getting a spot where a bunch of a bunch of does are crossing through and it's the right time of year yeah you got a you got a good chance that it's going to happen on its own you don't have to make it happen um now as season season kind of wears on situations change but i mean hell that buck you killed last year over scent right you know that big that big old swamp buck i'm not saying oh, yeah work, yeah for he me, I, I, I play it really conservative this time, uh, this time of year, uh, because there's just a lot going on. I don't have to really do anything but get up early and, and put my time in the seat. Uh, Are you going to bring your, your uh, rattling ant- antlers? I'm going to bring the ones that I shot. You know that deer that I shot there a couple of years yeah. ago. I'm gonna you should. Those. Did you listen to that MSU podcast on rattling? Uh, no, I've heard different things that they put out on like YouTube, but I haven't listened to y'all too. Um, I shared in my story last week. Um, it's like episode, it's like a, it's the MSU deer lab. It, it's a lower number. Um, so it was like a couple of years ago, but they got a, a biologist that studied, you know, the actual research on rattling. And uh, it's very fascinating because it's not it's it's not some hunter saying, well, this is how I have luck and I do it this way and that way. It's a it's a science based research. And they hmm. and they and no, they do I'll check it out. They talk about, you know, like the type of bucks and then like, you know, mornings are usually more active. And uh, for instance, or better for rattling. And they say, you know, most of the time, um, like the host, um, it was just uh Bronson Strickland was doing it. Steve Demaris wasn't on that episode for some reason, but Bronson asked question and and I, and I'm guilty of it too. It's like, you're sitting in a good stand, like what you're talking about, you know, you're not making noise because it's good. It's during the rut and you're kind of waiting on down natural deer movement. You don't pull the trigger and now it's kind of late morning. So now you want to rattle because you don't want to like, you don't want to screw up the earlier part of the earlier part of the morning. But the biologist was saying all their research is that, the majority of success, meaning bucks that came in to their um, rattling sequences, came in during crepuscular hours, like when the bucks were more active. Morning, you know, I mean, first first morning and and last light. It's so like doing it during the, during the middle of the day. You can still draw them in, but 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 you're more likely to rattle them in at crepuscular times. I've always heard you call them. I forgot where I heard it from. It was a reputable source, but it's like, you know, it's kind of talking about calling deer and, and the guy, I forget who it was, um, but he was basically saying the best time to call is like right before 
that deer is about to get out of his bed to start moving. Um, so you kind of, you know, you don't want to do it. You know, you don't want to go in there if the deer's not, you know, uh, if it's two hours before he's getting up to start moving. But if it's, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes before dark, you know, kind of pique his interest and get him to yep. check it out a little earlier than he would have. So it makes sense. I mean, obviously, calling when a deer is more active, you're going to have more success than calling when a deer is not. You know, that, that stands for reason. But I'd be interested to hear. I'm going to listen to it. I'd be interested to hear how they, I mean, how do you know? I mean, how do you know if that deer's coming to the calling or if he's was just coming they, anyway? They did most of it, I think, pretty much all of it out in Texas where they could see. And they 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 already had towers on this property. I think I think it was done at the King Ranch. This the study what, what was we either done the King Ranch or the biologists worked the King Ranch for a while. I forget, but they had these towers already set up for some other reason, and they used that op, for op, observation. So like some guys rattling on the ground, and then you have a guy or two up in the towers, you know, with binoculars and scopes looking for the deer. Mm. So it's um, I just enjoyed it because it it was real factual base and it wasn't just like a big buck killer saying well this is how i kill these bucks you know it's like yeah. um so um but well, yeah you know it, there's, it's really fun i mean you know when you my where i used to hunt for years before it got sold um i always noted how there were they, there seemed to be a lot of bucks on the place uh, it the ratio wasn't out of whack for whatever yeah. reason i don't know why but it was you know, you would see a lot of bucks to your does, um, and you'd have really good, you'd have really good success rattling, you know, um, and they would come running in, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you'd have, you know, every now and then be a bigger deer, I mean, but it's just fun to call them and, 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 ha- and kind of interact with them. Um, oh, yeah. Sure. But like I said, that's, that's probably the worst thing that happened to me, because I do it all the time now. <laughs> try to make something happen there's no telling how many deer that were slipping or still running because i i called them you know those battle antlers and stuff i would have killed if i would have waited 10 minutes you know you mentioned snort wheeze mm-hmm. when do you do that i i so, was talking i was talking to my cousin the other day and i i can't say i've ever heard a snort wheeze i mean i've i've heard i've heard and seen full full-blown fights light sparring grunting all the time estrus bleeds but i don't think i've ever heard a, a legitimate snort wheeze in the woods well, i've heard it twice um and that's again i don't do anything that i haven't heard firsthand yeah um, so um i heard it once i heard it from a distance i didn't ever see mm-hmm. the buck um but it wasn't very long after that i mean there was some there was some commotion running around um, but I heard the deer lock up shortly thereafter. So, um, and they, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't a real protracted fight or anything. I mean, it was pretty quick. I mean, obviously there were, you know, somebody got pushed off a doe or something pretty fast, but, uh, it was obvious to me listening to it as very, you know, aggressive. That was, that was a fight was forthcoming pretty quick. Um, so I'll usually do that. Um, I may throw a couple bleats out uh, and then wait a few minutes and then do like a, a tending grunt and then a grunt snort wheeze, you know, shortly thereafter. And then whether I rattle at the end of it, you know, a few minutes later or not, um, 
I've seen deer respond to that pretty quick, even though they don't respond to grunting. I've thrown a snort weaves at deer crossing roads and watched them stop on a dime and walk straight mm -hmm. to me. Um, and then the other time I heard it, I was I was hunting in December down here. Uh, really, the rut. I mean, there's a couple of does, I guess, coming in the second rut. And uh, I watched a little, I think he's probably a little six or an eight, nothing I shot, but he was he was tending two does and he just did a grunt snort wheeze for no apparent reason. You know, he just kind of, he was just kind of doing a little tending grunt. And then I don't know if he was just feeling good that morning. Uh, it was cold. It was one of those deer mornings. Um, but I sat there and watched him. He was right up under my stand. I was up in a climber and um, I watched him just kind of, you know, door snort wheeze and you saw the steam coming out of his nose and everything. So I, I think, the more time I spend in the woods, Mark, uh, and watch animals, um, they're not all that different than us. You know, sometimes they're in a mood to do something, you know, it, they don't have to follow an exact, you know, there doesn't have to be a straight sequence to do well wow. for everything. I mean, like I've heard, I've watched turkeys strut and gobble in October. Um, they do it more in March. They do it more in April, but I've watched them strut and gobble. And I think deer sometimes just, do things they feel like doing things you know um, except when the when the moon is in the right phase and that gravitational pull it, is it definitely helps it, it definitely helps moon I, phase I kid about that but okay one thing one thing I, I have never heard someone say you know is that what exactly about the moon you know because it's, it's a, a the moon's it, you know it orbits you know, we most people know about the gravitational pull on tides, okay, for the moon, right? Mm -hmm. You know, full moon, you get, you get a bigger, you know, higher tide. What about that? The moon specifically causes a deer to do whatever they think it's going to do or does. Like, is it is it the gra? I mean, like, what what? I, I've never heard someone break that part down. Well, I mean, every deer you ask. You know, they never give you an answer. You kill them if they're out the right time of day. So, you know, you know, I don't know who the hell knows. But here's what I do know. And I think I mentioned this on my last podcast or the last time we're on here. If you talk to anybody who works at a hospital, anybody yeah. who works at, you know, a school, my wife's a teacher, so I hear about this all the time. Um, they'll tell you, you know, um, it must be a full moon. And I don't think they're sitting there, you know, I don't think it's confirmation bias. They know it's a full moon. So they're seeing craziness. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you pretty regularly people work at, you know, hospitals, cops will tell you the same thing. Um, so I, I don't know. And I, you know, is it, is it true? I mean, there's, there's a lot of studies that would tell you otherwise, but if it gives you better confidence, you know, does it really matter if it's true or not? Um, you know, if you're hunting better when it's, you know, who the, who the hell cares? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there is something to it. Um, but. I, I mean, uh, to your point, uh, putting corn out for ducks gives me more confidence. Like <laughs> you know, a duck hunting, but. All right. I'm know. not going duck hunting anymore. We're going to get busted by the game board and I'm not even going to know anything about it. No, I, yeah, I can't, but yeah, I, no, I just. No, I, I don't know what I don't know. I've often what it, thought about that. Like what 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 is it, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, I just know that there's um 
there, there is, there are people that will tell you about other humans and stuff. I can't, I just can't. I had a farmer tell me once, a local farmer to us. He doesn't, he's never farmed on land, but he was talking about, um, uh, like the water table up there, you know, so we're two hours from the coast, two hours from the ocean mm-hmm. and on like big tides, you know, the water's coming inland that it, it kind of it pushes some water up, you know, like to the surface, like in our area, just stuff like that. It's just like, where, where are people? I mean, maybe that's a thing. I, I don't know. Let's see. Realtree, uh, their Southeast rut report. Um, They've got scraping in eight out of a 10 this week. So what? Oh, they're like telling you like, it's like a, it's like a rut report for the week. And it's like, um, how many points out of 10 scraping is going to be an eight out of a 10 rubbing is going to be a four out of a 10. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I mean, I, I'll say this about the moon thing and we always joke around and laugh and I don't know if it's true. But I'll, I'll say this. I'm getting to a point now you know, when I was younger, it didn't matter if the moon, if it was a good moon or not. There were sometimes I felt better about my odds, you know. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, I'm going to go regardless. I mean, if I get a chance to go on the weekend, I mean, there's a couple weekends I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil in. I'm gonna hunt. Oh yeah. You know, like this one. It's more, but it's more or less because of the rut. You know, daylight's getting shorter and all that kind of stuff. But uh, do I wish it was a new moon this weekend? Absolutely, I do. But <laughs> I don't think it matters that much. They're going to be chasing does and uh, carrying on. Yeah, man, I don't, I, I don't know if it's going to, um, I, I, I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll be good up there in, in the neighborhood with the other hunters um, on the adjacent properties. Um, should be good, man. We, we've done well past probably two to three weeks as far as stand rotation. Saving some good rut stands, um, trying to save some areas. So hopefully we can get in there and see some bucks were, out. Were they running dogs last week over there? Uh, two weeks ago. So they'll be back over there this week. Well, that's one week. No, this isn't their week. They run every three weeks, so they're going to be there next week. Ooh, lucky. So, yeah, that worked out, and um. Hopefully that'll be, but it'll stay, stay the same going forward. It has every year, so we'll see about that. Um, all right, man. Well, I wonder how much that really affects them. You know, I mean, we talk about we talk about gunshots all the time and stuff, and obviously dogs have to affect them. But I mean, they they grew up their whole life with, you know, dog pressure. Um, yeah. And like where I used to hunt, we were surrounded by dog hunters. And I used to always think that it kind of played in my advantage because I hunted 750 acres in there. And if there's no pressure and you're surrounded by pressure, then, you know, you're going to be in in good shape. Um, But it's definitely something that's unique to the South um, to have to kind of contend with um, running dogs. Yeah. I think it just, I think it stirs them up on like a temporary basis. Um, yeah, and they kind of quickly go back. Um, but you know, what people don't talk about is like quite often dogs get loose and, you know, every dog's not collected, 
And so like a dog will get loose, chase from another property and eventually it'll kind of get off the path and that dog may or may not be picked up. If it's not picked up, it's just going to linger around, like hang around the neighborhood, um, chasing or following deer, which that, that's been real annoying like a day or two after. And so hanging around. Yeah. MSU did a, did a podcast on, um, they studied, um, a hunt club that had, um, that, that ran dogs. It came out like the first of the year. It was good. And it pretty much goes along with like what you said. That one's probably kind of subjective, um, real subjective because it was kind of more based on probably like how they hunt and, um, but, but they had GPS collars and they were watching deer and from what their studies were that, you know, pretty much, um, the deer, th their research suggested that deer look at dogs as not a real threat. Like they're not going to hang around until they come right on top of them and try to bite them, but they don't, deer don't really think like they're going to kill them. Like they're not true predators, but they're going to flee and they're going to kind of hang tight. Usually they'll hang tight until the very last minute and slip out, slip out or bust out. Um, and then they just kind of come right back in. They were saying that they found a lot of deer were just kind of loot back in like pretty quickly within yeah. the hour. So it's, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It, it, I think a lot of that has to do with the club, if it's a club and then how they run things. Cause some guys like run, drop dogs out and they'll just run dogs all day on the same property. That can't be good. Yeah. Instead of just like kind of passing through one time to do that. So, yeah, I think up there in Carolina, you can run dogs anywhere, right? I mean, there's no, yeah, no, there's any laws on on how big the block is. I mean, I, in Georgia, there's some a little bit more. Um, I think you got to have thousand acres or something. I can't remember, but there. Um, so they they have the flexibility to kind of to manage their blocks and run this block this morning and then mid morning that one and so on and so forth. Uh, up in Carolina, I mean, I'm pretty sure the law is written. You can turn them out on, a, you know, an acre if you want. To. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, you, know. you can, you can hunt, uh, you can legally shoot on paved roads. I, I was long time ago. I was, I was hunting next to one of my dad's friends. We were on this guy's properties, big plantation doing dog drive towards in the season. And he, and he dropped, there, there were four does that ran across the road. He dropped three of them right next to me with, with his, with, with a shotgun, just run one after another up on paved road. You can, you can do that. I got on a hunt one time at Defusky Island, a uh, dog hunt. Um, yeah. Which if anybody's familiar with Defusky, it's, uh, you know, there's some, there's some big timber on there. Uh, some big wooded tracks, but there's like a, it's like a, at one point they tried to make it like the Martha's Vineyard of the South. I mean, there's <laughs> sure enough resorts on there. And, um, anyway, I was talking to somebody that had two clubs from Carolina coming there and I was talking to one of the guys who was, you know, obviously number one of the clubs and he was saying they, they typically hunt, they're running dogs and they typically have rifles, you know, they're shooting semi-automatic rifles, mm. you know, at, you know, over clear cuts and stuff. And I'm just like, man, it's hard for me to fathom something more dangerous than, you know, a bunch of semi-automatic seven mags going off chasing a deer through a clear cut, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's what they did. Um, so pretty wild. Yeah. That's gotta be a little dangerous at times. Yeah. You think I'm just, I was looking at my, um, I didn't see this until recently, but 
I've, I, I've got I've got one working camera. This one, this one, a little swamp bed. Uh, all the other ones are dead. I need to try to replace the batteries, but there were two different bucks that, that I came in smelling it huh. last night about eight thirty and and then four thirty in the morning. So that second one could be a shooter, not sure, but yeah, they, I think they're probably flying around right now. Yeah, getting after them. How long are you you gonna you gonna sit for a long time this weekend? Yeah, man, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna try to set it up where, um, you know, my dad can get out if he wants to and go back to the truck. But I, I, I really plan on sitting as long as I possibly can. You know, this is the weekend to pack some little dubbies and and hang out, maybe a thermos. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll kind of play it by ear. Um, It depends on what kind of ball games are on Saturday. We got some good ball games on. I might slip out and try to go watch them for a little bit. But uh, get, get that that uh, Tennessee's at Alabama. That's a three thirty game. Oh, that'd be a good one. If I had that right, um, I'd love to see Tennessee win, but I, I don't see how they're going to do it. Um, I don't see how they're not with that quarterback play they're getting. I mean, Alabama's defense is legit. I mean, it might be a you know, it might be a low scoring game, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't see how that happens. I still see like I mean. People were talking about Tennessee as if they might as well just have given them the national championship in the offseason. And their quarterback, Milton, Joe, is his name Joe Milton? They might, might as well just yeah, give Joe him the Heisman, too. And well, it just he couldn't even start at Michigan. And then he comes down here and just gets down You're here talking too. about the uh, number two ranked Michigan? In number fact, two, some people have him as number one. Well, like Rick Flair says, man, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. And they haven't done it yet. I, I just don't, for life of me, I don't understand like how they rank number two right now. I mean, I get it, like someone has to be number two, but I, I don't know who I, they. I, I will give them this: like they they've played a trash schedule, so is Georgia, and they've taken care of business better than Georgia has. Um, but you got to do it in January, you know. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I, I'm. It's it feels so good to be able to say that now. For years as a Georgia fan. You didn't say stuff like that, but now we can. Yeah. So, uh, Georgia fans have a good 20, 30 years after winning back to back. They can just, you know, they can talk trash, but it's not going to be that long, man. Georgia, I think it's come down to depth. I mean, you look at TCU last year, Michigan, they might look good in some games, but they just don't have the depth to, like, you know, to make it, you know, to, yeah. to get hot late in the season or contend, to get a, a, contend against a good SEC team. Yeah, and there's fewer and fewer SEC teams now. The, the kind of the, the the story of the year to me, I mean, obviously Colorado's out there, but is you know this is like the Pac-12 past last year. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be a conference next year, and they're they're arguably probably the best conference in the country this year, um, top to bottom. And uh, they're going to get they're going to go by the wayside next year. So um, yeah, I mean, hopefully. Um, you know, hopefully Georgia puts it together. Uh, losing Brock Bauer sucks, but uh, we got a week off and you know put yeah. together and try to beat Florida. But uh, I mean, at Vandy, at all teams, you know, huh? at Vanderbilt, he gets injured. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Um, I'll tell you the thing about Tennessee, and I've been making this comment about Florida forever, but Florida is now what Georgia was in the nineties. You know, they're kind of in despair. And then Tennessee is what we were in 2000. Like they have a couple of good years. They get close and like, oh, yeah, we're having good workouts in the summertime. And then 
they're, they're never going to pan out to be. <laughs> they're going to they're have to put some Yeah. It was like 20 years straight where Georgia was like preseason ranked top three or top five. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd lose yeah. to like a two and seven South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Florida. I, I, Florida's get, Florida's turned around a little bit. Um, but they still are up and down. They, that's going to be a tough game. The road, man. Yeah. That's going to be a tough game in a couple of weeks. Yep. For sure. Yeah. It, it, there's some good games, not really many good SEC games. I tell you, Arkansas has looked good. I mean, they, they have a horrible record, but man, they, they've hung in there with a bunch of I teams. I feel like that's Arkansas, though, man. They're, they're just yeah. a tough team. And I feel like they've had that quarterback for 20 years now. I mean, he's been there forever. Um, oh, did, um, did uh, Stetson Bennett come over, transfer? Hey, man, don't be talking about my boy. Uh, um, yeah, KJ Jefferson, man, he's been there for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what they're going to look like without him, but uh, yeah, there's a tough team. They could, I really thought they were going to, I was really pulling and hoping they would sneak up on Alabama, but they played that same game against Alabama, it seems like 10 times. They've been within striking distance. Yeah. Just can't put them away, and, uh, which I hate because Sam Pittman, man, you know. I really liked him when he was here. I hope you do well, but you know, that's tough uh, program. I mean, like, how are you going to turn around Arkansas, South Carolina? I mean, Spurrier did about as good as any anyone could do as Carolina. Um, yeah, I mean, Spurrier, just, like, he's a guy. If anybody was going to take a, a mediocre program and make them good, it was going to be Steve Spurrier. You know, he's kind of like a gunslinger, not really a big recruiting guy, like a. It's hard to build what Kirby's built at a place like Arkansas or, or South Carolina. You know, um, it's going to take kind of a maverick a little bit. Who's going to have them catch lightning in a bottle? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Get some, get some games in, and uh, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to sit for a little bit. I'm gonna take my son with me up there this weekend to hunt. Um, I was going to ask you about that. What's y'all's plan? Obviously, obviously, you're not climbing. No. Although with the saddle, I could probably like time, time one, <laughs> rig them up somehow. No, I, I, that's why I went up earlier this week. I set up a little ground blind, um, a little area. Uh, and we've got a number of ground blinds already in place. So we'll sit just trying to shoot some does, which means I'll probably see. A huge buck. Um, Shoot but it. I, yeah, I will. <laughs> it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be a big, big boy. Um, I mean, well, Wells had is that when you shot a buck, right? No, no. Yeah. That was one of my goals. Actually, this year I wanted to shoot a buck with them, um, but like early season, we went a couple times. Early season, it's just tough, man. I mean, trying to get on a buck. It's either like you that you that have the right setup with some like certain type of food plots that are like just you know what the plot needs to be in the, in the right location or like ag fields or sometimes you just kind of a crapshoot. And if you're trying to kill a buck on a corn pile early season, it's not that it's hard to get close to them, but it's just tough. I just find that bucks, they'll they'll come to corn, but they're not coming to it every day. Because, I mean, like when I set up like uh, survey sites just to kind of get a survey of bucks, they'll come to corn, but they're not coming there every single day to blow it up. 
So yeah. uh, we went a couple times, no luck. And um, this is, I, I would think during the rut would be about the best time or maybe late season. So um, I'm hoping we'll, we'll just see some does, shoot some, shoot a couple, two or three or 10. I got some, I got some people that, that need some venison. So that'd be good. Take him. And, but in, in the mornings, I don't know what I'm going to do because there's always someone like Dutton hunt mornings. We have like a big crowd up there and um, I've left them in the house when people have, you know, not gone hunting, but I have taken them some mornings. Um, but I would, it would have to be a ground blind. So if I can get in that, uh, tethered saddle and figure that out, I might try that one morning while he sleeps in. I was about to say, I was trying to piece together what you're talking about there, but, um, well, you also have the, you know, this time of year, you also have, um, the ability to get in just a little bit later with him. You know, I, I do that with my son. We go turkey hunting. Uh, I don't try to go catch a fly down, um, Unless we're st- if we're staying at like the house uh, down at the farm, I'll leave them sleeping and then I'll go. I may go catch a fly down, um, chase one around for a little bit, and then come back and get him and then go yeah. get him stand for for mid morning. Um, but now, I mean, you kind of have that. You can go somewhere, you know, like a wooded box somewhere and catch one running across. So you got options. Yeah, that's right. And that's what that's why it's important to have different setups. Like I there's some areas where like shit, I want to park like a mile from and like slip in way early and do this and do that to get in and get out. But like there's some spots where like based on where like I near excuse me, based on where I know the deer are coming from, or rather where I know they're not coming from. There's some spots, man. I mean, most people can they either have them on their on their farm or they can create them. We're like, you can drive a truck pretty damn close to the stand, depending on the setup. If you, if you kind of know where deer are coming from, you can drive pretty close and just get right out with kids. So I got two of those like that. So, um, but the past couple of times I went, we've been staying two hours. I, th- I think last year I was, I was, I was doing about one hour with them and that was good, but that's tough, man. It's tough to try to slip in that last hour. It yeah. is just because you're gonna bump deer. That uh, that setup we hunted, me and my son, we came up there. That yeah. ground blind that was kind of built on that uh, soybean field, that's soybeans, right? Um, that was that was about as good as it gets. I mean, you know, um, as far as longevity wise, I mean, he was comfortable, I was comfortable on the ground. It was quiet in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always a challenge getting there towards dark, you know, yeah. getting that last. That's one of the stands that we might hunt that that particular ground blind. That one's a straight sun hemp field, and then the, and the ones next to it, it's a it's a spring mix that they're still eating on the hemp and some other things. Man, that 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 hemp right now, those does are just in there, just wearing that wearing wearing that stuff out. And I've we're we're trying some different things with that hemp because, you know, like there's different articles, different things on, on hemp. I mean, I've read one, but like, there's not much out there truly on it. There's more stuff on hemp uh, for the original purpose, you know, original purpose here in the U S which is like a, um, 
a soil builder, you know, cover crop for, you know, a lot of cows, pasture fields and whatnot, but it's not about deer eating them. Cause like right now they're just picking off the leaves. Like if you're going to make a lot of fields, the leaves that are like three feet down are just gone and they're hitting the tops, but the toes are in there just like wearing it out. So we've been bush hogging some different lanes and patches and you bush hog them and they still grow up. They're going, the plants going to die pretty soon, but it's just like, it, it's, they love it and they're pounding it and they've, they've been pounding it since August, but the way it grows, it, it grows so damn fast. and so damn tall. It's like, it, it's hard to shoot them. I told you how dad saw, he said 18 does last weekend and he was really trying his best not to count them twice. Um, hmm. But they get in there and they start like hitting the tops and moving them in, in and around. It's just, it's a good problem to have that they yeah. feel that comfortable and they pile in there. Um, that's why I was saying someone needs to be hunting around there for bucks. Yes. Especially in the mornings because the does should be leaving the fields at some point or those bucks kind of hanging around. So over, over there towards the ditch. Yeah. But yeah. just all over. It's, I tell it's you, really the, 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 the one thing about Sunhip, I like it. Um, I know you're a big believer in it, um, but hunting over it past couple of years, it's it's kind of hard to hunt over. It, <laughs> it really is. Well, it's so yeah. thick. And it's so big, and I know that's part of the that's what I'm saying. Of the yeah. feature of it, but I mean, it is like you, know, you you drop a bush hog. You really need to go through it like three times with bush hog. You be in a wide enough lane. Because, yeah, I mean they it is tough. It's tough to hunt. It's real thick and uh, yeah. Over and stuff this season got away from me and I, and I, cause I've been wanting to try some different things with the hemp maintenance wise and really just kind of keeping some fields mowed down, like raise the bush hog as high as it could go and just keep it mowed down at that, at that the highest point with the bush hog, which is maybe, I mean, it's maybe close to two feet, maybe, maybe not even that, maybe 18 inches, but I didn't do it before the deer steward course. Cause I didn't want to, I kind of wanted to be, you know, just to be like normal growth. Um, and then time got away from me, but um, they sprout back. But I think the better way to do it is to keep it mowed to a certain height, because once they start, like you'll see this weekend, the hemp fields like on the borders where the deer are hitting, hitting first, like the, the height, middle of the field is real tall. And then it just slopes down because they've been working it. They've, yeah. they've, been, they, they've been working that height. So it's like, that's that was my point with like there's not a lot of coverage on it like people aren't people aren't at least i'm not seeing you know like craig harper talk about it now some of these people might not like it for whatever reason but it's a real thing people are planning and it's, and it's great for you know uh pressure because beans they'll kill but there's just not a whole lot of people they're like say hey this is how you need to do it so right. um i'm trying to maybe try to try some different maintenance, uh, that way. So, all right, man, well, I got to run. Um, yeah, I'm going to go put out some corn down here. I got people hunting my place opening day down here. So I'm going to go get it set up for them. And you going to set, you going to, you going to pee in some scrapes for them? Yeah, man. I already did all that, you know, uh, peed in their stands too. Um, no, I'm going <laughs> to go, uh, go put out some corn for them and do a couple little maintenance things down there. Cause, They'll be hunting and I'll be hunting your place. I don't even know if I'll hunt. I don't even know how much I'll deer hunt my place here, honestly. Um, we've been doing a lot of bird hunting. Um, 
Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Guess some, some ducks flying in. Um, I mean, we've got a few. I mean, woodies are always there. I've got had uh, seen a bunch of teal. Uh, I don't hunt during teal season. It's too damn hot. But uh, the down there, I mean, it's it's right there on the uh, flyway. So I mean, when, yeah. the, when it starts getting cold up north, we'll we'll start seeing a pretty good mixed bag. But uh, right now, it's just resident woodies. Um, the doves, man, the doves have been really a pleasant surprise. Um, and all that millet that I burned earlier this year yeah. uh, has now come back up. It's, it's heading out again. So another two, three really? weeks, it'll be browned out again. And then uh, it'll be time to mow it. And, and I'll burn the whole field this time. So we'll be hunting over Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. and Then go over with some kind of cover crop, I guess. Get ready for, you know, we're, we're doing that whole field. I mean, that whole big field complex up front, we're doing 100% for birds next year. Um, all my little deer plots, I'll still plant those. But, uh, you know, this past year, we hadn't really talked about it here, but this past year, um, my plots were doing good. And then that millet that I'd planted the year before just kind of came up and took over. And, mm-hmm. uh, we made uh, lemon, lemonade out of lemons, and uh, we've had some, some great dove shoots. So, um Anyway, we, we've decided that we're just going to do that for birds and then plant deer or plant for deer and hunt deer on the edges. So um, we're talking. I like that. I, I've been thinking some about that is maybe doing instead of doing like a spring mix where you got the bird seed, you know, the sorghum, millet, whatever. And then you got the stuff of the deer, the buckwheat, beans. Why not just separate them? Especially if I could take some of these small little kill plots that I don't plant, because I, I don't plant many of those in the summertime. We'll do oats right now, but, but maybe I do those for birds. I don't, it just, basically, I'm going to test some of those out, I think. That way, I want to call the guys from Southland and, and get them to, I would, I'd love to get their input on that. Yeah. You know, I like, I like to do some monoculture stuff and my, my, deer plots i mean i don't mind planting year round but i think we're gonna plant corn um in the big fields that'd be nice and then then come back through with a silage chopper because as long as it doesn't leave the field it's legal um right but come back through with a silage chopper and just chop it leave it on the ground but i think the i think burning it this year was the biggest the biggest thing for the doves uh leaving that clean ground i mean they just came in there like gangbusters you know for weeks at a time so yeah that sounds about right yeah it's, it's, it's about that time start planning planning to burn in a couple months which is crazy to think about man that's 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 just wild to think about but shit man it is it it is almost late october so but that's why we're going to hunt this weekend hunting the rut and that's why i just want to talk about rut hunting with you because i mean now's the time now it's time to be out in the woods let does pass I mean, this is this is why we ha- hammer them early in the season so we can have a a little break right now. So, yep. yeah, you have to come up to the house and you know we're gonna be burning. I'll be burning at the house. You know, we get all that we cut all that timber, so they're about done now. Hell yeah! Come on up, have a beer, burn some. I love it. I love burning other people's properties. You know, you, you, don't, worry, you don't worry about anything. You just just don't you just, just don't burn my house. We can burn just let it drip torches and, and just let it rip. You know, not my responsibility. <laughs> 
All right, man. Well, uh, I enjoyed it. I'll see you this weekend. Yep. All right. Good luck out there. See you. All right, buddy. You too.